What's up? What's up, stellar humans? I am so thankful for your life. I'm so thankful that God made you. I want you to know that he saw you and loved you before the world even knew your name. And friends, this is such an honor to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. We are actually in part two of a two-part series with our beloved Jill Dasher. So if you have not heard part one, totally go check out last week's episode. And for part two today, we are talking about having the hard conversations because they're worth having. We're talking about family, talking about not living for the approval of people, specifically as a mom. So this is going to be really good, friends. Grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Jill, welcome back to the podcast. What a fun two weeks. We get to have you on. I love it. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Just, I love chatting with you. I feel like we could talk all day long <laughs> and, and just keep I recording. Yeah. So I'm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I feel the same way. I look up and I'm like, wow, how did all that time go by so fast? <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I feel like I've it just is. sat here five minutes. We're done. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I love this. So you have written a book, but not only have you written a book about this, but you just talked about it. It's brought up so much encouragement and conversations you have just every day and the things that you share on social media, conversations with people. And it's about not living for the approval of people. And I would love for you to talk about how that has implemented itself into your role as a mom, because I could totally see how that would play a role of like, I I'm honestly struggling to live for the approval of my kids when it comes to like, I'm scared to discipline them because I want them to like me or I'm find myself living for the approval of other people and their opinions on how I should raise my kids and how I should go about things. And so that's making it hard. Have you struggled with that in your journey of being a mom? Oh my goodness. Have I? Obviously, I like I've struggled with this not only being mom, being a preteen, being a teenager, being a young wife. Um, like you said, I wrote a book and I really, I really struggled with God a little bit, naming it shallow because it felt very shallow. <laughs> but I, I was obedient in that because it was the truth of where God is taking me. It's called shallow drowning in the shallow end of people's approval. And truly, it's a title of my life story. And thankfully, God is a God of, of journeys, like we were talking about in the last podcast. And He is He's taking taking me on this journey of pulling me out of this person that was so shallow. And by shallow, I mean focused on what everybody thought about me. And that's where I drew my energy from. If you thought I was good, then I must be good. If you thought I was pretty, then I'm pretty. If you believe I'm a good mom, then that must be, I must be a good mom. And let me just go ahead and tell anyone who is listening to this, letting other people determine your worth is is a pretty bad place to be. You're putting them in a position that they were not... Um, meant to be in, and you're allowing yourself to be defined by things that you are not meant to be defined by. And so I struggled very much with gaining approval from whoever I was around. 
And so what that causes you to do is to change who you are depending on who you're around. And that played out one way in my teen years, but it very much went into being a young mom. And those of you that are young moms watching this, you will know that there's a thousand decisions, especially when you become a new mom, that you're, you are going to be forced to make. And with those thousands of decisions, you will have thousands upon thousands of opinions on how you should make those decisions. And if you are somebody like me that struggles with with going with whoever is around you, you will live just with your head on a swivel. Like, okay, I'll do this today and I'll do that tomorrow. And, And you will be so inconsistent because you're trying to please everyone around you and you haven't stopped and met with the Lord and said, okay, God, what is this situation look like for my family and how would you have me parent, love, guide, nourish, discipline in this situation? And I'm learning that those two answers are so, so different. So different. There's so much in what you just said, because I think sometimes whenever you are in middle school or high school, it can almost be easy to think that it's in those seasons where you're mainly worried about what other people are thinking. You're mainly focused on what their opinions are of you. It seems like those are the seasons that are highlighted to be living for the approval of people or tempted to do so seasons. But I love how you're saying, actually, no, that's not That's not the case. It's not once you graduate high school, all of your worries about what people think of you go out the window. If it's not dealt with, it's going to have longevity. And so your season is not going to take away your struggle. Your change of circumstances, your change of status is not going to change whether or not you struggle with something. It has to have a change of heart. And so I just love that you're sharing this so vulnerably, like even stepping into a role as a new mom. It's like if if you are still living based on what people have to say about you and you think that's where your worth is found, then it's going to carry into how you parent. It's going to carry into it's going to continue to carry into your next seasons because it's a heart deal. Not a seasonal deal. I, I love that. I love that you said seasons do not determine your struggle. Um, because I specifically remember thinking, oh, once I get married, I won't I won't have these jealousies I have anymore. I, once I'm married and have my mm-hmm. person, I won't compare anymore because I'll have my perfect guy and, and it won't it won't matter. I remember having those thoughts. And what I have come to realize is that, and I tell my my kids this as they're getting into the years, particularly my older daughter, where they are starting to think about marriage and starting to think about family and all of that. You know, whatever your struggle is, times it by 10 in marriage and whatever the man you're, you're considering marrying whatever his struggle is, times it by 10 in marriage and then think, okay, can I, can I lovingly work with this person through that? And, you know, it's so funny, my childhood thought, because I remember getting married and some of those things that I talk about in this book, like jealousy and comparison and just like the struggle of wanting the approval of others, it magnified in marriage. And even magnified more 
as I became a mother because all of a sudden now you have more areas to compare to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have more reasons <laughs> to, to compare. So how did you navigate that? You're about to become like the mother of your children and you have all of these opinions of how you should go about it. Did you let it like kind of dictate how you went about it for a while? Or when was there a shift where you're like, you know what? I don't really think that this is the most productive route to let all these opinions determine what I do. So I think there was definitely a shift. There was definitely a moment, but the moment lent to years of obedience. And I'll, I'll explain that. Um, so for me, and I talk about this a lot in the book, I struggle deeply with jealousy, which is, I don't even like to say that word. Nobody likes to say that word. It's like, ugh, because nobody wants to be that girl. But I would have never admitted that struggle to myself. If you were to have asked me, hey, do you struggle with jealousy? No, like, no, like I never, that is not, you know, I wouldn't have admitted that. And so you talk about the shift. I had to get a, get to a point in my life when I was willing to see the sin in my life and I was willing to admit the flaws in my life. And sometimes we tend to fool ourselves. And so we think to ourselves, well, I mean, I'm not out there doing those, those crazy big sins that somehow we characterize in our, in our hearts. I'm just struggling with something that nobody really can see from the outside looking in. And so we think that if nobody else can see it, that we can also hide it from ourselves. And so what God so patiently taught me and is still teaching me is that the areas that I try most to keep hidden are the areas that he most graciously wants to change and heal in me so that I can experience more of his love and joy and I can live. And so for me, that happened. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the moment. This, this would be the starting moment. Um, Zach and I were in our car. I had three kids at the time. Bear was an infant and he was in his car seat carrier in the back. I mean, he was very little, which I probably was not emotionally stable, okay? Because pregnancy and birth, it can it can it can do that to you. So just have some grace on yourself. <laughs> you may have some crazy moments, okay, in all of that. Like you may. And so we're in the car <laughs> and we're fighting about something ridiculous. I mean, it was so silly. I I can remember, but I'm shamed to even admit it how silly it was. And so we're having this fight. I have stories like that. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. And Zach looks over to me and he says, you know, I, I don't understand you, Jill. He says, I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to, you know, be a good example and to love the Lord and to love you in, in all of the right ways. But you are constantly accusing me of all of this stuff. So what I might as well just be the person that you continue to accuse me that I am. And I remember he said that and it was like a gut punch moment to me of wow. where it was, it was like the, the Lord opened my eyes. You know how it talks about in the garden, how their eyes were opened and all of a sudden they were like, whoa, like I better 
I better do something about my sin. I better cover it up. It was like that, except instead of me saying, whoa, I better cover this up. It was the first time in my life where I was like, I need to admit, I need to confess and repent because I have a problem. And so I went into the house and I went into the closet. It was the same house that was your old house. <laughs> this is so weird that no all these stories happen. This is a very important house. It is. A lot <laughs> went down in this house. A lot of spiritual um, warfare and renewing and just so much when it went down on this house. I went into our closet and I got down on my knees and I just began crying out to the Lord, not talking about what was wrong with Zach or what was wrong with anybody else or my situation or my season. It was God I want you to change this in me because I see something in me that is not good and I cannot change it without your Holy Spirit. And so that was the beginning of a long journey that is still still going. I love how you use the word journey and how you acknowledge, God, I, I need you to help me. So I feel like that's such a continuation of our conversation from last week that not whenever you come to the awareness of I'm not doing it perfectly and I can't do it perfectly and I need God to help me, the free the more freedom that we find because our awareness of how much we need Him leads to our discovery of freedom in Him. Exactly. We can't find freedom in Him and the grace He wants to give us if we don't acknowledge that we need it in the first place. Yeah, and that's where He wants us. You know, I think about that scripture where, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And when I say that to myself, I, what I'm hearing is because what the Lord is Spirit and the Spirit guides you into all truth. So where truth is, there's freedom. When I'm willing to step oh, into truth, no matter if it's an ugly truth about myself or a painful truth, if I can step into the truth and follow that, I'm going to be more free. I'm going to have more peace. And so when you think about all those things in parenting, it's so important important because sometimes we felt, sometimes our our biggest battle in parenting, and you mentioned this, I think it's somewhere along the way, is we want our kids to to think we're a mate. We want our kids to see us as as perfect. We want our kids to see us as, you know, the epitome of perfection. And really what they need to see is that we are broken and that we have flaws and that we have moments in our life that need to be confessed and repented because it's when they can see the truth of who we are that they can feel safe to really be who they are in those darker moments when they don't feel like they have it together. That is so good. What do you think it looks like to show your kids who you really are, to walk in that humility like, how do you create that safe space in your home? I think for us, it was it was a journey and a process and still is because I think as I started letting the, I, as I began to feel freedom in, in my weakness, you know, we talk about that scripture all the time, you know, where Paul says, when we're weak, we're strong, but do we really believe that? But as I started to experience the truth in that, I then remember pressing that upon Zach because, 
you know, as as wives, I believe our husbands a lot of times feel like they have, just like we want to look perfect for our children, they want to look perfect for us. And they want us to think that they're, you know, the best and that they're without flaws. And I think that that's, we do a disservice to them by not allowing them to be broken safely within our marriage. And so for us, it was, God did this beautiful work in me and is still doing. Please don't hear me talking in a way that I have arrived. I am still on a journey, but God is so good that I am further down the journey than I was when I was over here. And so God was pulling me out of this place, which then allowed me to invite Zach into this place. Like, of, hey, like you can feel safe because we can't confess and be open to our children if we're not confessing and open with one another in our marriage. That's that's the first and most important. Well, first is we've got to be open with our creator. Although he knows, we've got to know that he knows that he knows and allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And then we've got to come together as a husband and wife and and feel safe in our brokenness. And then from that point, it allowed us to be more open with our children in areas that we needed to confess to them. For example, even in discipline, I didn't always discipline perfectly, but learning to say, hey, I'm sorry, I probably should have handled this a different way is such a big deal to your kids because what they're seeing is you admitting that you're not perfect. And every time they see that, it gives them a little, they, they, it's like they file it in the back of their head so that when that day comes, when, when, when that moment comes, hopefully they will remember, you know what? I don't have to hide this from mom and dad because mom and dad aren't hiding their stuff from me. And, and I know that mom and dad are loving each other through their flaws. They're going to love me through my flaws. Does that make sense? That's so huge. That makes crystal clear sense. And I love that you're talking about that from the perspective of a mom and a wife who has sought to cultivate that safe space in her home. Because I can testify to being the child on the other end of parents who, who did that. Not perfectly, but did that. And I see the fruit of it in my own relationship with them, relationship with others, and relationship with the Lord. Because, I mean, I remember whenever my parents were going through deep struggles and it was rough there for a good while whenever I was little. And I remember too, though, that the Lord, He so graciously restored our family and my parents, their love for Him and their love for one another just overflowed more and more by the power of His Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it was from that place that they really worked hard to create a space in our home that was, hey, we don't have it all together. <laughs> There's that is no that is no secret. We do not have it all together. And so then it created this environment in our home where nothing was taboo. We were it was very much of an a known thing that Mom and dad are going to be honest about the fact that they're on a journey too. Mom and dad are going to be honest about the fact that they're seeking the Lord and seeking to love one another as they go on that journey. So it wasn't just them telling me and my brother to like rest in the grace of the Lord, seek truth. It's a day by day journey with them, but they themselves were living it. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really cool how you're sharing like, 
not only are you speaking this truth into your children, but you're displaying it just through how you are living in your own walk with God and in your own relationship with your husband. So powerful. It's it's so true, man. Your your kids are watching what what you do. They listen to what you say sometimes, but they watch what you do a lot. And, you know, I've had parents ask me um, or say things like, well, yeah, but I worry that if I talk with my kids about some of my mistakes of my past or some of the things I did when I was younger, that it will make them feel like it's okay if they do those same things. And I always, always just like cast that out because that is, the, the truth is this, anything brought into the light Anything brought into the light can be healed. And I think that our kids need to to know our stories. They need to know the things we struggle with. They need to know the bad decisions that we made because they need to have a, a someone to go to that has wisdom in those things instead of looking at what the culture says about all of those things. And so I would say if you're a parent and you're thinking, well, um, I really don't want my child to know that I did this. I will say this to you. There have been some very difficult conversations that I've had to have with my daughter, with my son. There have been some difficult conversations that my husband has had to have with our daughter, with our sons. And what I can tell you from that is that the fruit that came from those conversations. And it's not to say that my kids are perfect. And, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I think we, we've got to impress upon our hearts as parents. Our kids will be sinners. I know that feels bad to say. That doesn't feel warm. They will be sinners because we're sinners <laughs> and because we are in this broken world at some point, like your, your child will become a sinner. And so it's, it's you telling them or not telling them, like you having conversations with them is only going to make a topic more approachable in their minds for them to talk with you about. And if you never talk with them about sex ever they're not coming to you with questions about sex. If you never talk to your boys and girls and whoever about pornography, when they come across it and they will, when they struggle with it and more than likely they will, they will not come to you um, because it's uncomfortable. But if you are having daily conversations, and when I say daily conversations, they don't all have to be these sit down big moments where we're going to talk about sex or we're going to talk about pornography. It's, it's in the day to day. It's in the casual conversations of, Hey, you know, like you've really got to be cautious about what you allow in and what you, you know, are, are scrolling through. And, you know, it's, it's day to day, moment to moment, real life, relatable conversations. It makes me think of last week, whenever you were talking about the story with Ruth and the whole journey of realizing that, wow, I would really, I see adoption being something that our family is going to really lean into, but not knowing what that looked like. And then 12 years down the road and it becoming your reality, it didn't look like what you had expected it to. And I think what's so beautiful about this that we're talking about is 
the conversations you may be wanting to have with your kids that you may know need to happen with your kids. If you have a certain vision of how it's supposed to go in your head, you may miss out on all the most precious, beautiful, perfect opportunities to have them with your kids because you push them aside or miss them thinking that it's not supposed to look this way. Um, I know that I've had moments with Josh, moments with my friends where I've let moments just go right past me that I've actually been so looking forward to, but because it didn't look how I thought it was supposed to, Mm -hmm. I didn't lean into the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I just hear you say in a way, always be prepared. Yeah. (laughs) Always be prepared to lean into the conversations, always be prepared to get caught off guard, (laughs) be prepared to get caught off guard, to have conversations that matter and be okay that it doesn't look exactly how you thought in the timing you thought it may be in the setting that you thought it would be. Um, That's really encouraging. I feel like we would have a lot of, a lot more memories and a lot more fruitful conversations if we kind of let those expectations go of how they're supposed to look. That's that's such a good point. And that's so true. And just that's just good in parenting in general. <laughs> no matter what you're talking about, potty training, um, the your your daughter getting her period for the first time. I mean, these are just things that are coming to my mind. I don't know. Prom, like whatever it is. It rarely looks like you think it's going to look, and it rarely looks like a Norman Rockwell painting, but that doesn't mean it's not beautiful. And I think that, you know, when I think about parenting, I think that what's beautiful about it is that your children want to know you. They want to know you. Just like we want to know our father. Like, I want to know my father. I want to know what makes him smile in his day. I want to know what brings gladness. I want to know him. We're created that way. We're created to want to know, to want to connect, to want to be in relationship. And your children, they want to know you. They may not act like it. It may seem like that's the farthest thing that they want, but I promise you, they want to know you. And so anything that you let them in on and let them be a part of is a blessing to them. That's such an encouragement. I I feel like there are two main takeaways in this conversation. I feel like one is related to a verse that just as one of my favorites in the Psalms. And it says, Lord, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And so that's what I'm praying over you guys today. One of the things is that you would realize that to live in fear of people's opinions is only a trap, but to trust in the Lord is a safe place. And that the Lord would give you an undivided heart to where fear of his name, love for his name, delight in what he says about you and where he's calling you to go is what consumes you, is what you're fully occupied with. So that way you're able to walk steadily and take opinions as need as needed rather than letting your whole worth be mm-hmm. weighted by them. And so good. the second thing is, I think, take away the fact that You're not perfect. And that's actually such a beautiful way to relate to your kids. That's such a beautiful way to relate with people is walking in that humility of acknowledging, no, 
I don't have it all together, but I know a God who holds me all together. And I want to share who he is with you as we journey through life alongside one another. And I think we automatically, like when I think of hospitality, I automatically think of you inviting someone into your home. But I think we can have a hospitable presence Mm -hmm. about us, regardless of whether or not you're in the four walls of your home. You can be hospitable by walking in the grace of God and letting people know that they can talk with you about the hard stuff, letting your kids know that they can talk with you about the hard stuff and you're going to always point them to truth and you're all going to always encourage them in love that doesn't fail. So I, I just really hope that those are things that you're encouraged by that are you're challenged by in a good way today. And Jill, I just want to thank you so, so much for the last two weeks of just wisdom nuggets that I will be carrying with me for a very long time. And I know those listening will too. Well, you are more than welcome. And I'm, again, I'm honored to get to chat with you and so excited about your new little bundle and you're going to just adore every little piece of part of her. Um, but God is good. And I'm just just thankful for this space that we can have these conversations. Me too, Jill. Me too. Guys, I love y'all. And I will talk to y'all next week.